Welcome to Soul Discovery with Kelly. And Kelly. And we're actually together today. <laughs> yeah, we're actually in the same spot. My goodness. We're in the what? same spot. We actually, uh, yeah, could actually do this. We're going to try to tape a few of them, but we got one. So we'll put that up this week, and then I've got mm -hmm. a list about things. Things to do. We've just kind of been in the thick of it lately, hey? Like the last month since we got back from Toronto. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the, the one, um, what was it? After Toronto when we got back where we had the, mm -hmm. uh, the workshop that we taught on the Saturday? Mm, yes, we had a workshop on the 4th. Um, yeah. And my, then my dad was, was in the hospital for two and a half, or two weeks. Two weeks, a little, yeah. A little over. Yeah, we had our own purging, too. Yeah. So oh, man. I was yeah, laid up did. for about four days. Just, it was interesting because I had passed a kidney stone. And I knew, like, the emotional mm -hmm. things that were coming out with it. And I wasn't surprised. I mean, yeah. I was surprised. And then also looking up the symptoms, I'm like, oh, I'd actually had symptoms for a while. Which actually had nothing to do with my bladder or kidneys at all. When I actually looked it up, I was like, oh, I need to pay more attention to those other sensations in my body, namely my calves and my feet, because they those sensations mm, can be yeah, a lack of absorption right. of the minerals and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that your kidneys need a little like yeah. flushing and stuff. So so that was interesting. So, so I, this is why we always talk about how important it is to listen to your body and, and to understand attention. it, yeah. because sometimes those things happen, you don't know what that... Yes. That symptom is, but then you'll find out later. So mm -hmm. emotional well, you're, you're, purging. Yeah. Then I lost my voice, and then I couldn't yeah. speak for like four days. And I've I've been out here in the, in the country. Like we're actually out in the country right now at my dad's, and we just had a great day with him and supper and stuff like that. And he's sleeping again. Yeah. And we're gonna yeah. We thought we'd record a podcast. A podcast because I gotta I gotta head home. Yeah. Shortly. So then I'll be yeah. I'll be back in a few days. But yeah. So today we're gonna talk about victim consciousness. And how important victim consciousness is to understand because it is generally at the core of every trigger, every program, and every story that we hold against ourselves to keep us from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think the term victim consciousness is, is widely misunderstood because people hear those words and they think, oh, I am conscious of making myself a victim. Yeah. But no, you're not. No. It should be victim unconsciousness. I don't know. I'm not really sure or why. Victim mentality. Mentality is mindset. more. I think, yeah, I think those yeah. are the, some of the more other popular terms in, mm -hmm. in terms of mental and emotional health. But I think it's misunderstood because nobody ever thinks that they're making themselves a victim of things. Oh, yeah. But it's a very unconscious process. But the more you become conscious of what you are doing to yourself, mm -hmm then you can change things. Yeah. So we're going to do the definition. And then I've got, I found it on several websites. So the one website that I'm looking at is called lonerwolf.com, where they have 11 signs of the victim mentality. But there's actually these 11 or 10 signs. Actually, there's one that says 23. They're kind of pejorative. Where they're, yeah, they're, they're, you can find this anywhere. Yeah. But uh, So victim consciousness is the fundamental belief that life just happens to you, that something outside of you is doing something to you and can determine your destiny. Yep. So that... So basically, it's like letting letting life happen to you without actively participating or actually making any choices for yourself, standing up for yourself, speaking up for yourself. Uh, when we are not speaking up for ourselves or standing up for ourselves, that is basically the, the two primary ways that you can identify 
when you are dealing with a victim mindset. Mm-hmm. When you don't stand up for yourself and when you don't speak up for yourself, you are not expressing your needs. You're not expressing um, yourself and you are compromising yourself in order to either be accepted, liked, approved, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And we tend to base acceptance when we are in the victim mindset. We tend to base acceptance of ourselves on what other people say about ourselves, not how we actually feel about ourselves. Right. So here are 11 signs. One is that you're constantly blaming other people or situations for you're feeling miserable. You can possess a life is against you philosophy. You think that others are always purposefully trying to hurt you. You can be cynical or pessimistic. You may feel powerless to change your circumstance. Maybe you enjoy sharing all of your tragic stories with other people without actually wanting to do anything about it and gossiping. Yeah. You have the habit of blaming, attacking, or accusing those you love. Okay, how does this work? Let me say this again. They have a habit of blaming, attacking, and accusing those they love for how they feel. So basically, yeah, for however you feel, if you feel sad, you feel angry, it's always someone else's fault. You're constantly putting yourself down. You believe you're the only one being targeted for mistreatment. And you refuse to analyze your beliefs or improve your life. And even when things go right, you find something to complain about. Yep. Yeah, basically people who can never be happy about anything for anybody, including themselves. Mm -hmm. That's generally the mindset. People who are angry, upset about even the smallest things or judgmental or anxious about the smallest things are stuck in a victim story. Mm-hmm. And because this is so normalized in our society and it's not talked about really, even even by uh, supposed thought leaders and spiritual leaders, I've seen a couple big names on stage and they started touching on victim consciousness and everybody got excited and it's like and then they moved on Mm. and then it was i was like i'm sitting there going oh my god that was the perfect opportunity to actually share something meaningful or substantial but they just went on to regurgitate stuff from their book Mm -hmm. that they wanted to sell more copies of and they didn't actually take the opportunity to enlighten share or, or communicate about victim consciousness with the crowd and this is like a full concert hall perfect opportunity completely wasted well i think a lot of people don't never think it applies to them oh yeah like i know when oh way years before i met you and before my you know awakening or first and like you know first enlightenment because it's <laughs> i've had more than one yeah, enlightening yeah, yeah. moment yep. Yep. that i can remember that i i used to gossip a lot and especially with my family where I grew up in a house where people um, people were talked about a lot behind their back and that was just normal to me right and I didn't yep. really think anything of it and then the older I got I it started to bother me it started to bother me that I would go out and just to have a conversation with someone else that I would start gossiping or making up stories about strangers that I had no idea about their life or yep. why they walk the way they walked or talk the way they talk. Like these are, I don't remember any specific examples, but I just remember how, and it made me feel. And I thought, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. And then I started to realize that I was also 
blaming other people where I thought, well, if only this person in my life would change, right? then my life would be better. And realizing that, well, but wishing them to change doesn't ever change me because I'm still wishing that I was in a yeah, different place. Yep. And when you start to actually see that you do those things, it's really yeah. terrible. Like I know. I remember feeling so devastated and mm. then not knowing how to relate to the people that I was with sometimes, like friends or family, because I'm like, well, I don't want to be that way. Yep. But they still expected me to do that because that was our thing. Yeah. Right, right, right. And when you start to step out of that and see that, oh, I I have control over how I I feel. I have Mm -hmm. control over what I say. Mm -hmm. And why am I being judgmental? You know, because we are often judgmental because we've been judged. And it's just... It's a power play. It's Yeah. When we're in a victim mindset and we judge others, it is so that we can feel in control because we haven't been able to control other people's judgments. So we will transfer outside of ourselves and we will judge other people because we don't want to look at how we've been treated or the origins of that feeling inside of us. We don't want to look at it. We don't want to accept that we are participating in a very negative verbal expression. Mm -hmm. I know for myself, like I grew up in a French Catholic uh, school and I wasn't French and I wasn't Catholic and I was gossiped about a lot. Mm. My whole family was. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find out about this until later, but then it also made a lot of sense as to why I have a distinct aversion to gossiping. Mm-hmm. I have like gossiping. I just can't. I just, I just can't. It's just utterly, utterly distasteful to me in such a way that I'm just like my, I try and figure out, like think of a way that I would gossip about someone and my mind goes blank. It's like, it can't function. Like it's just mm-hmm. such an aversion to right. the whole mm-hmm. thing of gossiping. And yeah, I mean, I've, I, and I've, I've been different my entire life. And so once I got to high school, I realized, oh, this is just how people are. Like, I didn't understand why my friends, Mm -hmm. like why people would talk behind my back, but it's just, you know, if you're different and people need that, people are so used to telling stories and gossiping and judging other people to feel good about themselves. They literally can't help themselves. Right, because it's a sign of insecurity when That's you right. gossip about someone else yeah. because you're trying to give yourself a sense of power, which is a false sense of power. That if you're talking about someone else and someone else agrees with you and you have this little story going between yep. the two of yep. you, you feel more powerful because you've now agreed on this false yes, belief. Yes, and you can support each other in this false belief in the judgment. Right. So you, you create this, this false sense of security by sharing this judgment, which is basically based in a shared pain yes it's a pain language judging and gossiping is a pain language well and i think usually we do that people do that because we get triggered oh yeah right we get triggered and then we go to find someone else who can validate our feelings well and your feelings can be valid that someone triggered you but you have to then look deeper like it's fine for someone to say oh gee i'm really sorry you're angry about Mm -hmm. this but instead of gossiping about the other person and trying to make it about them Mm. the other person really should be asking you questions like well why does that trigger you so much why do you feel so angry why you know let's talk about that because that's really the the crux of it is that someone has triggered you and now you you want to badmouth them because it makes you feel better well and also generally the reason why that happens is because there's no communication in the first place right and that's generally why gossiping happens and judgments happen and anxiety happens because there's no communication and generally people who are used to not communicating will jump on the judgment bandwagon 
Because that's the normal thing that they do. And they don't understand that there's actually an option to not judge, but to actually communicate. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of where you open up the lines of communication to two-way, mutually supportive, non-violent communication. Mm -hmm. Verbal communication that way is so misunderstood because people don't get how not to be non-violent mm -hmm. because they're so violent with their judgments yeah. and their minds. And they don't get that they're acting out of a mental level of violence and self-harm through this emotional transference mm -hmm. onto other people by judging other people so they don't have to look at their stuff. They can gossip and focus on other people outside of themselves so they don't have to look inward. Right. And that's how people keep themselves in a victim mindset. Right. Yeah, because lately, like in the last month that we've been going through things, and I've been doing a lot of emotional purging, I haven't been on social media much because every time I go on, and Kelly can attest to this, oh yeah, is I will see some light worker or something, and I will get triggered. I'll yep. get triggered by something they post or something they mm -hmm. say, mm -hmm. and it's it's never about them. Whether or not their information is true or it resonates with me or not, it doesn't it doesn't matter. And I will always get <laughs> I'll I'll get off social media and go, okay, I was looking at this post and I. I feel so triggered right now. But mm -hmm. a lot of it is because for a lot of my life, I kept silent yep. about so many things. Yep. And I'm learning how to feel. Well, And it's been a process. It's not like this has just happened in the last month. But there's been a lot more information coming in for me, which has also been that I need to also figure out how I'd like to communicate about those things. Because yeah. I feel it's important. But I've suppressed myself from communicating for such a long time for, you know, various reasons over the years. Like a long time ago, it was because I never believed that people would believe me if I said anything. Right. Or I'd get attacked for saying something. So I would just keep things to myself. And well, then I'd have the anger, you know, build. Especially when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, if you're clairvoyant or even remotely sensitive, it is really easy to pick up on what people are throwing down. Literally. Mm-hmm. And as it, and the ageism in our society really keeps us from having honest, authentic conversations with children because most people will just talk down to a child because they think just because they are younger, they don't know anything yet. Right. And while, yes, lack of life experience can lead to a great degree of ignorance and, in, you know, just mm -hmm. not knowing things, it doesn't mean that we should treat kids or children as if they are lesser than yes and that's what i've always strived to do with my children is that allow them to have their feelings but talk to them about what they are feeling and you know yeah somebody did something because you and i have talked so many times about this too and we talk about this almost in every workshop that we yeah. do is that you cannot account for someone else's ego and shadow nope. and you cannot control anyone else's actions nope. so it's easy to keep yourself in a loop of victimhood if you're always wanting someone else to change but it has to be you that finds that calmness inside the stillness inside yep. be willing to look at your own trigger yep because the more you get triggered and the more you work through that trigger you're just going to get triggered less and less that's right where you'll see something that yeah. used to bother you and you'll be like oh okay. and it becomes less and less work it becomes more mm -hmm. and more normal to just let a trigger move through you and not be hijacked into victim mentality mm -hmm. um and one of the greatest triggers is support is actual kindness and love and support 
mm-hmm. people who are in a victim mindset, stuck in a victim mindset, who are um, who gossip, who are judgmental, or just just even even if they're quiet, even if they don't judge. Like, see, this is one of the things. They're the subtleties of our mental spaces and the stories that we tell ourselves. We get so used to them that it is hard to observe ourselves if we're not used to it and to observe mm-hmm. our patterns and to acknowledge the stories because their stories run in the background, like app refresh on your phone. Like right. they just run in the background. Yeah. And unless you turn them off, they're not going to turn off. Yeah. And you're not going to see that they're running unless you actually look and turn them off. Yeah. It's like having all the browsers open on your, yeah. <laughs> using up all the, and they use up all the energy just That's like right. they would on your exactly. computer just, yeah. because they're open That's and you're right. not closing them. Exactly. Right? And they exactly. take up a lot of, it takes up a lot of energy. It really does. In your physical body to actually hold on to that kind of victim mentality. It does. And it can, it can be absolutely exhausting and people will normalize it as being exhausted from work, exhausted from kids, exhausted from family. But if we are stuck holding on to the anger and the fear and the anxiety and the judgments, then we are poisoning ourselves and our minds and our hearts against mm-hmm. our ability to receive support and love and kindness for real. Mm-hmm. People can accept support and they can do it where they, it's not exactly um, an acceptance, but it's, it's just going through the motions mm-hmm. because someone, is, because this is what they've learned that they need to do to be okay where they'll go through the motions with support but emotionally and mentally they're actually dismissing it inside mm-hmm. right and then they'll start off instead of actually acknowledging it they'll actually start by gossiping and or telling a story about something that's going on in their lives mm. and to distract themselves and the other person to keep the other person from further supporting them or being in that space of support to change the direction of the conversation or to completely dismiss it by completely changing the subject. Mm -hmm. When people who are not used to support encounter someone who can support them, it can be very challenging Mm -hmm. to get into that space of real acceptance. Yeah. Well, it's, you know... I'm not sure how this exactly relates, but I felt like I should bring it up, so I will, and I'm sure we'll figure out how it relates. Okay. But this morning, when I woke up, I, I was just, you know, stretching out in bed, looking up at the ceiling, and I went, oh, this is a feeling of real contentment. You know, not excitement, not overly yes. happiness, but the, the very quiet joy that resides in our heart. And I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And I thought, oh, yeah. And I could feel how, you know, there's that space, which is getting smaller and smaller in my mind, that is trying to hook me into the old stress. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we have to be doing something. You have to get up right away. You have to do, you have to go, go, go. Because I have been a go, go, go mom my whole life, even though I've been doing my work. But I raised four kids pretty much on my own. And, you know, it was very, very busy. (laughs) So, um... And And that's the thing, life... Mm-hmm. can keep you busy to the point of being completely distracted all of the time. Yeah. And not feeling like you have any space at home or even in yourself because you're trying to manage all the layers of interactions with family, kids, friends, driving, errands, groceries, mm-hmm. laundry, everything, mm-hmm. everything. And it takes a lot of effort to change the script mm-hmm. and to stop to even have a little bit of space that is your own and it can be a real challenge Mm 
Um, yeah, being on the go all the time <clears throat> requires like there's there's an old adage where someone asked. Um, it's a Buddhist story where someone asked a Zen master like how how you know how much time should I spend meditating you know every day and the answer was 20 minutes and then you know the second question was like well what if I'm really busy and then it's just like an hour mm. and it's like you know and that basically speaks to yeah <coughs> if you're really busy mm -hmm. you need more space to a create an environment create a space where so that you have time to decompress mm. so then in that middle of that hour you actually have 20 minutes where you can be with yourself ah. and then you come out of it and you have like another 20 minutes to sort of psych yourself back up to get back into the world right but if you are not super busy and you are used to and you have a relatively relaxed schedule and you're not on the go all the time then 20 minutes is perfect because you're already relaxed you just sit with yourself for 20 minutes to focus inside yourself but if you're super busy yeah it takes time yeah you have to decompress yeah yeah because yeah, i know there are some times where my meditation practice will be a little shorter yeah like and sometimes it's a little longer just mm. because it takes me a little bit to unwind of yep. something I wanted to get back to something that you just said about being with yourself. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that is where victim consciousness, victim mentality really stems from is that people are not comfortable being yep. with themselves yep. because when you are with yourself mm -hmm. and you're quiet and there's no one else around and there's nothing else to do, people try to keep themselves busy. How many times yep. are we on our yep. phone yep. playing a game yep. or we're looking at videos yep. or you know, we're watching Netflix, but how many people can actually say that they're very comfortable being with themselves? Because when you are just with yourself, then you're going to feel the things you don't want to feel. And yeah. that is why we keep ourselves so busy in our society. And yeah. then we create, and I'm going to say it like this, that we create mental illnesses. That's we right. create stress That's on right. our body. Yep. We create disease in our yep. body because we're not comfortable being with ourselves. We're not comfortable feeling the pain Maybe the physical pain that we're in mm -hmm. or the emotional pain that we might be in or the things we don't want to face. And then we keep ourselves in the loop. Yeah, we, we literally have um, diseases or imbalances, physical issues like MS or men specific mental issues like bipolar or schizophrenia. Where yes, there's chemical imbalances, but the stress on the nervous system mm -hmm. is expressing itself this way. Mm -hmm. And it's a real epidemic Mm -hmm. in terms of the mental illnesses that we are creating for ourselves because we don't know how to be comfortable with ourselves. And everything in our culture and society is geared towards keeping us from being comfortable mm -hmm. because we have all everything on social media. We have all the politics. We have all of the, the, the fear mongering or the, you know, the news that you watch on the TV and you mm -hmm. got to watch it, like turn that stuff off because it's going to influence you if you are not strong enough in your own personal discipline of spending time with yourself. Well, and it's also I see in the in spiritual communities as well that people will keep week after week doing an event or oh, doing a yeah. thing or having a group gathering. Yep. And while those things are wonderful, take time and actually ask yourself, do I need to be at every single one of those things? Right. 
Because if you're always looking forward to that next thing, and I'm not saying, you know, we teach Qigong class yep. and we, we want people to come to our classes, but what are you doing in between? Yep. And, you know, do you need to go to every single thing there? I mean, the physical practice is very good because it's very grounding. Yes. But you also, we also watch how many events we go to, how many that we host. Yep. Because we know that our work comes first. Yes. So when we plan things out, we plan workshops or things like that, we've planned it so that we know that we have our time to be with ourselves. Yep. Because that's where, you know, I believe that you cannot really help healing another person if you aren't doing your own work. Oh, exactly. You can have as many modalities as you want, which is great, but use those to also learn about yourself, not just to use them on other people. Yeah, and this is where people get the whole concept of being of service to others completely wrong. Because people, we've been told through various thought leaders, spiritual leaders, um, be they Buddhist, Catholic, Christian, uh, science of mind, whatever you want to call it, spiritualist, that by serving others, we find ourselves. This is only partly true. Mm-hmm. You can only truly find yourself if you spend time with yourself. And if you're serving others, you're occupying your time and not being able to spend time with yourself. Right. Supporting others and serving others is absolutely a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And definitely, definitely honorable. Absolutely. But the greatest gift you can give the world is to heal yourself. Spend time with yourself. Get comfortable with the ugliness that you hide from so that you end your victim mindset. The more comfortable you are with choices that you don't, that you regret or the pain or grief or sorrow that you bottled up. And if you give yourself a space to let it out and let it go, you will heal yourself and accelerate your healing Mm -hmm. exponentially 10, 100, 1,000 times faster if you spend time with yourself and relax into who you are and not resist and not reject your past or your present. Right. Which is a lot easier to talk about <laughs> than to actually yeah. do because that is the practical applications of actually being comfortable and being settled within yourself is a lot of work. I mean, Kelly and I can, you know, we can talk about it easily, but we still go through moments and thresholds of, of shifts in our awareness where we dig up a deeper aspect of something that we thought we had cleared or healed mm-hmm. or that we had quote unquote dealt with. And well, then, yeah. then we realize, oh, wait, there's a whole other angle. There's a whole other la- layer here. I'm going, wow, damn. All right. And then what happens is a, you know, you have the trigger and you have all the stories come up. You have the challenge of figuring out how to navigate the new depth of emotional awareness while all the pain and grief and sorrow is cycling through your nervous system. Mm-hmm. But that is the magic moment where you choose, where you get to choose for yourself to empower yourself with your own personal choice to stop the victim story, to stop the victim pattern and to end your victim mindset, mm-hmm. connection to that specific story, movie, w- event, person, whatever. Right. And it's also important to note too that 
you know, you and I are both channels of a sort and we will get other information and we need to integrate that. And we also then at the same time are challenging our previous beliefs. Right. And that, oh, yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, what it's yeah, all about is yeah. that there's sometimes there's information that comes in like, whoa, I need to like process that because that's a, a big thing. And like I've said numerous times and you've said it the same, Kelly, is that, you know, what I knew yesterday, my truth yesterday is different than my truth today, which may be different than my truth tomorrow. So whoa, don't oh, get yeah. stuck Yo, in your exactly. own information and don't get stuck in the information of others. Like be willing to... To look at like, oh, this really served me today. But just because it serves you today doesn't mean that it's going to serve you tomorrow. Yep. Yep. Like you can always have tools in your toolbox, but you can expand on those tools. Yeah. Well, probably one of the, one of the, yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's constant learning. A, a great teacher is a, just a student mm-hmm. that is chosen to keep learning. Right. When you are a master of yourself, that means that you've just kept learning. Mm-hmm. When you are mastering your thoughts, your emotions, your mind, and your heart, you haven't stopped learning. You have kept yourself open to accept, allow, and to see and feel everything mm-hmm. inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Because the more you do that with yourself, the more you can actually understand, appreciate, and be grateful for the presence of others in your life that are a triggering you, being, mm-hmm. uh, being a you know a pain in the tuchus because they're <laughs> you know they're a challenge. Yeah. And you got to learn how to navigate without letting yourself be triggered. And that is the work. Or letting yourself fall into the victim mentality of blaming someone else or judging someone else. Right? Oh, exactly. Allow yourself exactly. to go through that and feel all those things without falling back into those old patterns of, you know, self-destructive behaviors, etc. So... And that's sort of like one of the things, like the stories, like when, when we normalize, we're so, we're so used to, I mean, this is one of the things about family, you need to question everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the things about victim mindset, it's like we're stuck in a story where we're not questioning our thought pattern. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing, like when you are in anxiety and fear and judgment or in anger, you want to stop yourself and question what you're feeling and why. And if it reminds you of anybody in your family... Mm, yeah. And if it reminds you of someone in your family, then you've actually probably just learned that behavior. And by that alone, you can generally assess that that behavior is not actually who you are because you learned it generally to fit in and to be accepted by your family. Or and it's or it's just really sometimes we don't even adopt it to fit in. We just adopt it because that's what we see. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what, as a small child, that's just what we see. And it's not until we start to get older and we start to question yes. that we might go, yes. hmm, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely like, fair. Absolutely fair know? point. Because sometimes it's just if you're surrounded by it all the time, it's, that's right. it's a completely unconscious. Which is, which is yeah. where, where understanding the stories that we tell ourselves and observing ourselves is super important because that's how you learn whether or not you've just been affected by being around other people. And whether, yeah. whether or not your victim mindset is even, again, who you really are, but you've just adopted it because you're around it all the time and you think it's normal. Yeah. Well, like example, the other day when I went to um, an appointment and I was completely dismissed by someone. And it was interesting because when I walked into this appointment, there was one person in the room whose energy just really 
sort of screamed at me was yeah. like and I was like oh I'm so glad that person's not serving me right. and then all of a sudden they were serving me and then I was dismissed I was sent home from the appointment and it was a, a thing that I was volunteering for so I was really confused <laughs> and, I, and I texted Kelly after and I go I am so confused about what's happening because I feel like there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to let this go. I want to be really angry. But I was observing it. I wasn't getting caught in it. And I was like, I got to do something to get my head mm-hmm, out of the space. Mm-hmm. But it was someone else's projection. Yes, yes. Their shadow that yep. they felt out of control. And yep. they were trying to take control yep. Yep. by then dismissing yep. me and sending me home. And I went, mm-hmm. wow. wow. That was a huge thing. Because as soon as I, I think I did some exercise and, you know, I kind of talked about it. And I was like, oh. There, there when I shook it off. Like I just, Yum. but I mean, I was just like, I was very confused at first because I could feel it. And I went, wow, like my shadow is really trying to like well, especially, get involved. Right, and I'm like, right. what is, it's like, what's going on? Yeah. So, and and this is, so this, this is especially important mm-hmm. if you're even remotely sensitive, mm-hmm. let alone actually clairvoyant or, you know, psychic or, you know, a medium or whatever. Um, if you're even remotely sensitive, other people's projections will feel even more like your own than you think they can. Mm-hmm. And people don't understand how strongly influential your thoughts can be, your energy around someone can be. When I figured this out, I was when I figured out mental projection and how, um, you know, and it took me a while to accept mm-hmm. that I was, again, throwing my judgment around. And this is like where I discovered it through a- analyzing my judgment mm-hmm. and understanding, oh, I'm just angry and I need to judge and throw these judgments around to feel like I'm actually doing something about my anger and it's not actually mm-hmm. running me. Right. And I'm not actually, oh, and like, why am I angry? It's like, oh, well, I'm angry about this. Oh, that's that actually makes me sad. But that actually makes me angry that I'm sad. So I'm angry that I'm angry about being sad and then anyone who's angry around me just would amplify that whole story about me denying the sadness that I was feeling and being angry about mm-hmm. being sad and then being angry about being angry about being sad mm-hmm. and then anyone who's angry around me I would just like jump on that bandwagon <laughs> yeah. and you know paint the town red kind of thing all night long well that's how other people's unconscious shadows they're not conscious of their shadow try to hook into yours that's how energy works exactly you walk into the room like i knew i knew right away it was like my awareness zeroed in on this guy and i was like oh he's in a bad mood i i really am really glad he's not serving me and then all of a sudden he was and i went you're like oh "Oh, damn like what is happening but yeah so i hope that clears up a little bit about victim consciousness i think maybe next time another podcast we could talk about too is actually touching more on mental projection yeah like what that, that actually like means literally... because that's an overuse of our third eye and a whole other and it is literally the key into. once you under once a person actually yeah we really should because once a person okay. actually understands mental projection mm-hmm. projection like emotional mental and you can stop it once you become aware of it mm-hmm. it will change your life it will absolutely utterly change your life yeah great Okay, so December 17th, we have a workshop coming up. You can join us in person if you're in the Winnipeg and surrounding areas or online from anywhere in the world. It Mm. is our winter solstice activation. So there's going to be a meditation, some light code activation, and 
discussion. And it's going to be good because we have partnered with April from Soul Essentials Healing once again. The three of us work wonderful together. So I'm going to put the link to register in the podcast description. And something new that we're offering on our website are called Soul Discovery Sessions. Mm -hmm. You do do Shaolin Chi Healing and I have my own modalities. And I will also put the link there because we work really well together. We, We... do a lot of things. We yeah. people's guides come in. We get their angels come in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, Some with permission, we family members that have passed on. Yeah, sometimes we access their akashic records. We do inner child healing. Yep. So the description will be there, and we'd love to help you out if that is something that resonates with you there. So absolutely, it's also why we changed our podcast to Soul Discovery because this is an evolution for us as well. Yeah, we realize it's a lot more appropriate instead of just the open door. It's like mm-hmm. no, we know the door is open. <laughs> the door is open, and everyone we're, can. We're, Come in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone is welcome to discover themselves Absolutely. and their soul connection. Yeah. So thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.